Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Today, I'm your host, AMBOSS Partnerships Manager, Dr. Tanner Schrank. And we are joined by Alexander Sidoruk, a medical student at Jagiellonian University Medical College here in Kraków, Poland. Now, as we continue examining the differences between medical education systems globally, we wanted to gain a current student's perspective on the changing field, as well as focus on the huge impact that the war in neighboring Ukraine has had on folks living in Poland. Our guest, Alec, studies medicine at Universitet Jagiellonski and dedicates his free time to raise funds and deliver much-needed supplies to those who have fled Ukraine. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Could you start us off with telling us a little bit about yourself? So um, my name is Alexander. I go by Oleg, and I was born and raised in Ukraine. And when I was in my last year of high school, I was kind of looking for opportunities to go study somewhere abroad, and here I am. Great. And what year are you in? I'm in a sixth year, six so year. it's a final year. Yeah, almost done. <laughs> uh, sounds surreal. <laughs> yeah. I also went to Jagiellonian, and I was in a four-year program. It felt like I was there for a decade, you know. But looking back, now that you're almost a doctor, what have been the biggest obstacles for you? I didn't struggle that much, although my first year, which was an absolute nightmare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it all comes down to being in a completely different system than I was used to. Mm-hmm. I was 17 at the time, so I guess my maturity level was lower <laughs> than it was supposed to be. I just didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to behave in this environment. Also, being in an English-speaking environment was kind of a huge step up for me because I'm from a non-English-speaking country. So right. it took me around a year to adjust to everything. Mm-hmm. But from there on, I think it was kind of getting better and better with every year. Yeah. That's a huge decision to make at 17. Yeah. <laughs> and you're from Lviv? Yes, I am. Yeah. So you grew up speaking Ukrainian. Yes. And you're studying in English. I am. Okay. Since you started in 2017, have you noticed any major changes in the education and healthcare systems besides the pandemic? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Pandemic played a huge role. And I think, well, most of the lectures transitioned to the online format and it still stays the same way. So it's kind of a huge change in the whole education system. I can't say I'm a big supporter, but on the other hand, it's more convenient to stay at home and kind of be in your own space, listening to those lectures, there's no need to go. But at the same time, you kind of feel more distracted when, when you are in own, your place. Now that you're in your sixth year, you must have more in-person interactions with patients. Yeah, definitely. Our sixth year is like 100% full-time inpatient experience. So wow. that's been great so far. Lots of exposure to different kinds of patients in different wards, different clinics, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So now that you're finishing up, do you plan on taking the US MLE or the LEC or the Croak in order to practice medicine in the US, Poland, or Ukraine? I took step one and step two CK. Okay. So thankfully I'm done with it. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm not sure whether I will apply to the US for residency. It was a terrible thing to, to <laughs> yeah. go through, but at the same time, it gave me an enormous knowledge. Yeah. So what strategies did you use to prepare for these while you were also taking tests for the university and seeing patients in the clinic? So in my case, it was kind of less is more. 
So I tried to choose only like a few resources, which I kind of stick to it. And that was the major difference comparing to my first year where we had like for anatomy, there were like five textbooks, two atlases, and you didn't know what to do with yourself. So you kind of had to skim through every single one of those. Whereas here, I decided to kind of stick to three resources and just master them. And so I would have a textbook, I would have a question bank, I would have videos and kind of go through it a few times. Mm-hmm. So then you're not just reading all the material day in and day out, but you're getting it in the different forms. Yeah, you read a book, it's a foundation, then you watch some videos, add extra material, and then there's information consolidation with question bank. So yeah, sounds like a winning strategy. Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. I would recommend. <laughs> yeah. All right. So shifting gears a little bit, talking about Russia's invasion of Ukraine last year in February of 2022. Now, you've worked with the international students at UJ in the form of the volunteer group, UJ Students for Ukraine. Could you tell us a little bit about how that started and what you've done to help refugees in Poland and those still in Ukraine? Yeah, so we came up with that idea the day the war started. So my colleagues from school, we just felt like we cannot sit and do nothing. So we wanted to do something. We didn't really know what are we going to do, but there was this kind of, you know, just group idea that we have to. So there isn't much information available in English Mm -hmm. for all foreigners who are staying here. Mm -hmm. So we initially kind of became like a coordination center. So we would contact different donation points, volunteering stations and get information from them, translate it into English and then share it with our peers. Mm-hmm. Then made a, like a spreadsheet where we'd get information, like contact details from our students and ask them what would they interested in, whether it's donate something or volunteer and so on. Some students actually provided temporary housing for refugees, which was wow. like incredible. Yeah. Then we planned to do our own fundraiser, but with bureaucratic issues, you know, we are students at the university. We cannot technically like make a fundraiser and affiliate on the institution's name. So Mm -hmm. we kind of decided to not go that way. But we met a few Norwegian girls who launched a fundraiser in Norway and they were able to raise a pretty solid amount of money around 70,000 slotter. So we decided to kind of split it into 50-50. So 50% goes to refugees who are in Poland and 50% goes to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So from that 50%, which goes to Ukraine, we spent vast majority on first aid kits. So in the first month or two, there was like no supplies whatsoever. So we had to contact supplier, Mm -hmm. get their details, ask them to send all of these components to us so we can assemble them and send them directly to front lines. Wow. Yeah. And as for here, we would spend money on like medications, toiletries, food, and just donate it to different donation centers. Mm -hmm. So it's not just moving money around, but you actually coordinated and bought the supplies and then got together and put in the man hours to actually package the first aid kits. Yeah, it was like a full-time job. Like I never realized how difficult volunteering is. Like you have to dedicate a lot of time and uh, it's difficult because of like human mentality, because it doesn't bring you anything, right? right. It's completely like altruistic. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's difficult to find people. And I was lucky enough to have colleagues who supported this idea and mm-hmm. who dedicated their own time with no benefit. Right, right. That's huge. And I talk to people you know, back in the US or in other countries, and they're always surprised at how many people came from Ukraine into Poland. But it makes total sense. You know, they're neighboring countries. There's a huge border that they share. And the cultures are very similar. Right. 
But I think it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about how many people came just to Krakow, you know? Right. And already there were a lot of Ukrainians in the population here, but now there's just so many. And when you were coordinating all of this and connecting with different donation centers and you found these Norwegian students, was there anything that really surprised you about working with the refugees here in Poland? Well, I can say that the whole unity surprised me a lot. Everybody was so united, you know, for the sake of, of a good thing. I went to the border during one of the first days as a translator and medical volunteer. Wow. And I was surprised seeing people from all over Poland coming with huge minivans of supplies, mm-hmm. living supplies at the temporary shelters and bringing people with them who would provide like a temporary accommodation to. And it happened not only like people from Poland, but a map people from Germany, Netherlands mm-hmm. who would come with like multiple cars just trying to pick some people and host them for indefinite period of time. And yeah, that's been a surreal experience. Yeah. It's it's a terrible thing what happened because those people lost everything and it was generally difficult to interact with them because they don't speak the language. Although languages are pretty similar. You can understand on some basic level, but when it comes to some complex stuff like paperwork, even medical help, a lot of oncologic patients came to Poland and I remember one of the first days they were coming in, where can we get the medications? And it's not that easy. Even if you yeah. have prescription, you can just go to the pharmacy and buy chemo drug, right? You yeah. have to go to the hospital, you have to register. So thankfully nowadays there are good regulations. So there are no that many issues as there were at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think you touched on it too. There's lots of bureaucracy, lots of paperwork that everyone had to get through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's usual. Yeah. But I think it has been really pleasantly surprising how many ways that polls and the government and the school and different foundations have come together to help those in need. Specifically, according to the Polish Economic Institute, over 75% of Poles helped refugees from Ukraine early in the war. They spent about 2 billion euro of their own money. Wow. So it's just unbelievable the amount of support that they brought. But it really does make sense because you think of it, it's your own community. You right. know, When it started, we didn't even think twice. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. I have things to give, so I'm just going to go donate them. Right. Yeah. And if any of our listeners would like to contribute to these causes, what would you say is the best way for them to do that? So... That was also kind of our focus at the very beginning is to direct people to legit organizations because there's a lot of gray area in terms of like collecting money. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people make money on war. Yeah. So as for now, I can recommend United 24. This is an initiative led by the president of Ukraine. And a lot of people might have seen it because there are a lot of different celebrities who are ambassadors to that program and they have different fundraisers. As far as I know, now they are collecting money for ambulances, for generators for the hospitals and also for some drones. So it's completely legit. Every single cent goes to where it should go. So Mm -hmm. and has a pretty nice interface, the website. So it's easy to donate if you have an opportunity. There are still donation points in Krakow. The information which we have on our Instagram page is still valid. So if you feel like you have some goods to donate, it would be great if you could do so. Yeah, that's a good point. But the easiest thing what everybody can do is to keep talking about it. Yeah. That's what happened with COVID. Remember, initially everybody was so obsessed, so terrified, and then people got used. And same happening now. Yeah. People just don't talk about it. Yeah, definitely talk about it. Remind someone that it's still going on. Right. You know, and just keep, you know, talking to your policymakers and your government officials and tell them that you want to support Ukraine. It's like everybody thinks, you know, an individual cannot make a change, but it's not true. You can. 
and you should yeah because it doesn't take much just to simply bring up the topic yeah every little bit helps too so for our part through the amboss humanitarian support initiative we've provided free unlimited access to our medical knowledge platform for students and physicians in ukraine so if any of our listeners would like to learn more about that you can follow the links in the description to find out how to get your access so that's one small way that yeah, we can that's help that's great yeah. it helps a lot okay so finally if you could give our listeners any advice beyond the textbook what would you say i would say that medical school can be a pretty brutal part of someone's life a lot of stress so i think it's important to take care about your physical and mental well-being if you feel like you need to take a break go ahead and take it it's not going to have a significant impact on your studies but it will have a significant impact on your mental health speak up if you need to and uh, most importantly surround yourself with people who are supporting you through this journey i was lucky enough to find colleagues and friends who made my med school journey a little bit more easy mhm that's super important alek thank you so much for joining us today and for taking us through your medical journey and for all the good you're doing through volunteering thank you it's been a pleasure In today's episode, we spoke with an international medical student in Krakow, Poland, to find out about his experience studying and volunteering here. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Amboss Podcast Beyond the Textbook. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out the Amboss platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free 5-day trial at amboss.com.